Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم یہ شادی ہے بے شک محبت کا زینہ یہ شادی ہے بے شک محبت کا زینہ باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم یہ شادی کی تقریب سب کو مبارک یہ شادی کی تقریب سب کو مبارک یہ نعمت خدا کی تہارت کا پرچم تہارت کا پرچم فضاؤں میں عقدے نکا جلوہ گر ہے فضاؤں میں عقدے نکا جلوہ گر ہے مبارک 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 ہو پہ ہم مبارک 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 ہو پہ ہم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم گلستاں پہ شادہ بھی سایہ فگل ہے گلستاں پہ شادہ بھی سایہ فگل ہے امیدوں کی نکہت بہارے مجسم بہارے مجسم نہ رقص و ترب ہے نہ لہو لاعب ہے رب ہے نہ لہو لاعب ہے یہ شادی ہے پر رونق و رش کے عالم یہ شادی السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اہلا وسہلا ومرحبا بکم It's a beautiful Wednesday morning here in uh, Johannesburg. Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. And of course, uh, my beloved engineer, none other than Haji Suleiman Esop. He says, Molana, today I'm in a good mood. He's looking full blue. You know, the man in blue. Normally, <laughs> I really don't know what this guy he has for, for Suhoor, for Sehri, because he's looking as if, you know... <laughs> He can take a jog from here till, uh, you know, till wherever he can. Subhanallah, subhanallah, but Allah Ta'ala keep him always like that. Keep him happy, keep him chirpy, keep him smiling. My beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop. Indeed, uh, we want to welcome, of course, all of our wonderful listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company. And I want to welcome our wonderful listeners of uh, Marqa Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah. Well, uh, Jama'a, uh, remember our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132, uh, 084-786-3132, international overseas listeners, blast to 784-786-3132. Today is uh, the 20th of Ramadan, 1444. Let's welcome our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad. Ustad, it's a beautiful Wednesday morning. Welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum ma'arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, before we begin with our bliss of marriage, I think uh, there are a few listeners who are confused about being the 21st or night tonight, or it was last night, Tuesday night, Ustad. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد all praise due to all Almighty Allah 
the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those of us who started Ramadan on Thursday, you know, Wednesday night you read Tarawih, and Thursday you started fasting. So remember, today is your 21st day of Ramadan, and last night was the auspicious night and the big night. If you started fasting on Friday, like South Africa, to the people who kept fast on Thursday, they were following Makkah, Medina, they were following Majidul Aqsa, following our neighboring countries, and the whole of Africa is also fasting. So for them, last night was 21st night, and today is 21st. And remember, for South Africa, Mauritius, and, you know, India, and one, two other countries, few countries, that for them, today is the 20th of Ramadan, and tonight will be the 21st. So those of you going to sit for Etikaf here in South Africa, so tonight you should be in the masjid before sunset. Remember that, and then you make your intention, everything. And most importantly, you must know the boundary of the masjid. Ask the imam, the trustees, what exactly is the boundary. And every masjid should have boards, you know, conspicuous boards, that this is the boundary of the masjid. So all the mu'takifin, the brothers sitting in etikaf, observing etikaf, know exactly. So that's one issue. Second issue is today in South Africa and few other countries is 20th Ramadan, when we turn the pages of history, we see that Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Wasallam and Sahaba came, 10,000 of them, and it led to Fateh Makkah. Remember the conquest of Makkah took place. This time, yeah, they were coming into Makkah. Zuhur time, subhanallah. Mustafa Rasulullah told Bilal, you climb on top of the Kaaba Musharrafah, the Baytullah, render the Adhan. The Arabs, fair in complexion, could not believe what they seeing. The African Muazzin, dark in complexion, we used to torture him, persecute him. He is on top of the Kaaba Musharrafah, and we are here begging for forgiveness. We are here begging for amnesty and so forth. Habibuna was, is, will always be the only Rahmatulil Alameen, the mercy to the entire universe. He forgave them and told them, Kultu lakum kama qala Yusuf li I told you what Nabi Yusuf told his brothers, go, there's no blame on you. And that was the turning point, and majority of them entered into the fall of Islam. So it was not Fateh Makkah for the land and sand only, it was Fateh Makkah of the Qulub and the hearts of the people as well. So the conquest took place. So Nabi forgave them. So these are great qualities that we should learn as well that way we forgive people the more we forgive people then almighty allah will forgive us more and more so that's a big lesson for all of us to learn as well that many a time in life we don't want to forgive people and because of our pride and arrogance so it just creates more and more problems instead of solving the problem then you will find that you are causing more problem so that are the lessons that we should take inshallah so, Ustad, is there a difference between reading istikhara namaz and performing Quranic istikhara? If there is, how can one perform Quranic istikhara, Ustad? There is no such thing as Quranic istikhara. You must remember that that the ulama they just invented it and brought it up. In Islam, there's only two types of istikhara. One is you read the salat, and then you read the dua, and so forth. And remember, the second one is you have to give an answer on the turn immediately, within seconds, not even minutes. So you just say, Allahumma, O beloved Allah, khirli, you select the best for me, wakhtarli, and you choose for me. For example, a person tells you that I got stuff, you know, uh, goods, 100,000, 1 million. Give me the answer now and now, whether you're taking it or not, because they don't have time to waste. So you just read, Allahumma khirli waqtarli. And whatever comes in your heart, good, then buy it. Bad comes or no answer comes, don't buy it like that. 
And if you want to read the Salat, you read Kulayal Kafirun, first Rakat, Kulwallah, second Rakat, after Surah Fatiha, obviously. And then you make the Dua. As far as that Quran goes, you turn seven pages, all that. That's not Sunnah to anything. That is invented by some ulama, and actually we must discourage that. It's not something that must be encouraged. Always to encourage the people to do the Sunnah, not what people did, man-made things, you see. So see, I give you one, two examples. Eid is coming, right? Not the Saturday. Next Saturday is Eid, inshallah, inshallah, al-Aziz. It's 35 our moon, so definitely, inshallah, we should see it, inshallah. So what happens is this. Now, Eid day, I meet you, you meet me. So we say, Taqabbal Allahu minna wa minkum. Allah ta'ala accept from me. Allah ta'ala accept from you. The hadith is fine. is mentioned in Behaki. And remember in Fatul Bari, commentary of Bukhari Sharif is mentioned. Sahaba used to practice on it. So that's a sunnah. Taqabbal Allahu minna wa minkum. But you meet me or I meet you and say Eid Mubarak. So what you will say? You will say that is permissible. You won't say it's a sunnah. But we can't emphasize Eid Mubarak more than the sunnah. That's what we are doing now, that we take man-made things and we emphasize it and speak about it more than the actual sunnah of Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that's not right. Always promote the Qur'an Sharif, the sunnah mubarakah, what the sahaba did, all that. Not what people invented, remember that. Who says the, uh, the message says, supposing her mahram drops the lady off to the masjid, or ladies only ta'aleem and picks her up, and picks her up, and she wears niqab and is appropriately dressed. Would this be permissible or not to start? For ladies to go masjid, we say it's haram. It's not permissible. So you must remember that when the ladies go to the masjid, 80% they will be not dressed properly. Then you will find there will be intermingling there. Then you will find that the conditions are not fulfilled. So therefore, for ladies, they must read salat at home. Nabi alayhi salatu salam in his time, the golden era of Islam, told the women to read salat at home. So what we're speaking of more than 1400 years now have passed. So how much more fitna and all that has come. And this is sahih, sahih hadiths. Quran Sharif says, Surah 33, verse 33, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ You must stay in your houses, you ladies. That's Quran commanding the ladies. And you only go out if there's a real need. There's going to drop off children to school, madrasa, up and down, taxi. There's not a need there. So that is, you must remember, that violating the Sharia. You must remember. Every day go to the mall, speak to Paul and all that, and all that day in the shops. and That's not Islam, that. That is our own worms and fancies and so forth. So once a week, you must remember, if the lady is dropped off by her mahram, she's properly dressed and she goes for ta'aleem, it's only ladies, it's fatwa, it's permissible, there's no problem with that. The problem comes about, you must remember that when there's no mahram there, you know, to drop them off, the ladies are driving themselves and so forth. Or the problem will come, you must remember, if it's such a venue where other men can go there and so forth. Obviously, then it's wrong. But the normal how it is done, so the mahram will drop them off, then pick them up. So all that then is fine and permissible. And you can't say because ta'aleem is permissible, so for the ladies to come masjid is permissible. Nay, that you call kiasma al-farik, your analogy is wrong there. The ta'alim is once a week. Salat is five times a day. So how you can say it's the same? So remember that. We must bring zameen asman ka farqa. Al-farqu beynauma kal-farqi beyna sara wa suraya. So sara and suraya. Suraya is the asman, the star. And the sara is the land. So remember the difference between the heavens and the earth there. So therefore, people, they just, if that is permissible, they want to make this permissible. No, it's not permissible. <laughs> Somebody said, is it permissible for the husband to deprive his wife and children of their pleasures in order to help his family who lost everything in gambling and casinos who started? Not permissible. You must remember that is haram. They must go to jail. So remember that is family. They must go to jail. You must remember that. So that is what will make them right and so forth. Mm-hmm. They want casino. They want this. They want that. So now they must pay. And if they can't pay, they must go to jail. That's what Islam will say. 
So now you want to deprive your wife, your children, all that what is due to them, and say, no, you want to help your brother, help your father, help your sister, help this one, help them. No. You got your priorities wrong, you must remember. They have to sort them thing out. You can't even give them zakat. You must remember that zakat, you can help those people whose debts are halal. Mm. People got debts in casino. People got debt, you must remember, they in the escort agency. Mm. People got debt with the bank, the overdraft. Overdraft and it's haram, is interest. So in those cases, you can't be giving people zakat. You must remember that. We must understand that today there's so much abuse of zakat and these are examples I just cited and mentioned now. Somebody says I have six kids and my husband still wants more Ustad and it's taking a toll on my health and he goes out asking for zakat so why he wants more children and now I'm pregnant again Muftisab please help me. He doesn't want to stop. He just wants it says Yakasi Ustad. So you must remember for him to go and ask the people and beg for zakat, that is haram. So you must remember these type of things there. And you must ask Allah, keep on giving me children if there's khair in it. My mother-in-law, father-in-law, they had 11 children. Mm. And how they had 11 children? That every year, second year, third year, son, 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 so they carried on. And when the daughter came, then Alhamdulillah. And the daughter came last, number 11. So I became the goalkeeper, you understand? So they got the soccer team then. <laughs> so you must remember this type of thing. So if you look at old people, it was normal in them. They would have big families and so forth. So for you, you must ask Allah, give me children as long as there's khair and goodness in it. For your husband to go and ask and beg people for zakat, that is haram. You must remember that. He wants more children, he must go and work and he must go and do make the necessary things. So otherwise he must relax a little bit. You must remember that. And not every year you have to make a new model and a new child, you know. So you must also look at it that way. Somebody says, Ustad, that uh, say if a man has six daughters, three brothers, four sisters, one wife, how will the inheritance be divided, Ustad? So remember that as far as the siblings go, they all deprived. So you must remember that. So who will be the heirs? So the husband passes away and now he's got the wife. You understand? So the wife will get how much? 12.5%. Then he writes there that six daughters and three sons. That's what it is. Isn't it so? Jews, that it is. Six daughters and three sons. Three brothers. Yeah, so it means three sons. So you must remember that six daughters and that. So the brothers, you double it up. So you must remember theirs will become six and the daughters are six. So the remainder, you make 12 shares. So that is how it will be. From the 12 shares, so for the sons, they are three, two, two, two. And they will, each one of them, get two, 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 three sons. And the six daughters, everyone will get one, 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 one share. But remember you, this person, that was one thing you didn't mention. What about your parents? Are they alive or not? You, the husband. If your parents are alive or one of them is alive, then they get one, six, one, six. So now let's do the shares with the parents and let's do the shares without the parents. So husband passes away and the A's are the wife. He, the maid, the deceased biological father, mother, and then the three sons and the six daughters. So wife will be 12.5%, okay? Then the parents will be 1616. So, that, and if it's one parent, also one sixth only, just under 17%. And thereafter, you will make 12 shares of the residue. For the daughters, remember one one share each, so they get six shares. And the remaining six shares for the sons, because why? They are three, so they'll get two, two, two. So that is how the inheritance will work. The brothers, sisters of the deceased, so they all are deprived. Why they are deprived? Because of the son and sons. So they won't inherit anything. Somebody says, I will start that. Uh, how may. Okay, no, this it's, it's another question. Is it permissible to use credit card, Ustad, Mufti Sab? 
Yes, it is permissible to use credit card, but you must pay timeously. If you delay, delay, and then they're going to charge you interest, then it's not permissible. Remember in the entire Quran Sharif, 6,236 verses. You must write this down, you students, ulama, and you Muslim brothers, sisters. Not Muslims also write it down. How many verses in the Noble Quran? 6,236. All that story of 6666, there's nothing like that in Islam. It's 6,236. Remember that. How many chapters, surahs in the Noble Quran? 114. Remember that. How many ruku? You know, for us, Ramadan is very good to remember this. So in Fatawa Alamgiri, Fatawa Hindiya, as the Arabs call it, remember that, 540 ruku. So every night you read one ruku. So you're going to finish every night 20 ruku, 20, 20, 20. So you will finish your Quran Sharif, inshallah, on the 27th night. See? How beautifully it is done. So 540 sections, 114 chapters, and remember 30 parts, and it was verses 6,236. Now when you read the entire Quran Sharif cover to cover, only one place you will find, you must remember Allah Ta'ala mentions this, if you don't abstain, refrain from giving, taking interest, being a witness, being the one who's writing the contract and so forth. So you are heavily involved in that transaction. Then be prepared. For a war against Almighty Allah and Mustafa Rasulullah. So each one of us should think properly, remember this that what are we doing? That we are the ones that we want to wage war. We know there's a war, Palestine and Israel. We know there's a war, Russia and Ukraine. This is a war against Allah Jalla Wala and against Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we should be thinking properly of that. So your credit card permissible, but you pay timeously. You let it go overdue and expiry and so forth, and then interest come, then it's haram and not permissible. I see somebody says, so can Muslims buy a home on taking a loan from bank because we have to pay interest to start? Not permissible. Anything to do with interest is haram. Whether you buy a house, you buy a car, you buy clothing, you buy whatever. Once interest comes in, finish. You know what is interest? Riba, sud, viaj. So all these things are haram. And remember Sayyidina Umar radiallahu says, after we used to read these verses of riba, surah 2, chapter 2, verses 275 to 279, then Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu arda amirul said, Kunna nattaqir riba, we used to abstain and refrain from riba, war riba. And anything that remotely, remotely also, it just looked like riba, we used to stay away from it. Why must we get involved in a doubtful transaction? But in this day and this age, some of our Mulvis, some of our Imams, some of our Muftis, some of our so-called Sheikhul Islams and what and what, they're legalizing riba from the back door with banking and they're making Sharia compliant. You understand? So remember, you're playing with the Sharia. Remember that. It's a mockery of the Sharia there. And it's just like this halal logos. You know these halal organizations they give. This one is halal, this is halal. Another mockery that is as well. So all this, if you go and study, in majority cases you will find it's a direct case of scholars for dollars. They're selling their deen for material benefit of this world and that's a very, very, very serious offense. Remember that. Allah alone protect us. Ustad, if my wife was on a hayd, should I pay fidya for it? And should she fast those days in after Ramadan, Ustad? She must just keep qadar. There's no payment involved. Your wife's habit was seven days. She must seven days, six days, eight, nine days, whatever the case is. So she you don't pay anything and qadar is compulsory. 
payment, the fidya will only come for two categories of people. One, that person who's so old, advanced in age, 90 years old, 100 years old, and so forth. So they don't have the stamina, the energy to fast, and so forth. So in a case like that, remember, then you pay 35 rand per fast, 1,000 rand for the whole month. And the other case will be where a person is marizu daim, perpetually, chronically ill right through, right till that person's death. Remember, doctors told you you must not fast. That is very dangerous. So in a case like that, so now they will sit and read and so forth. So there you will pay the fidya, thousand rand for the month and so forth. But for menses, for pregnancy, for breastfeeding, all that, remember, in cases like that, qadha is compulsory. You don't have to worry about payment in those cases. Anonymous says that my husband is envious of the wealth I've inherited. He keeps on asking why I'm keeping it. What can I do, Ustad? Remember, it's not his business. It's your father who passed away. You inherited it, invested in gold and so forth, and you must pay the zakat and so forth, buy Kruger coins and all that. And he got no say in that. He can't demand from you that you must give it to him or you must invest in his business or he must do this and all that. He can suggest, but he can't impose upon you all that. And for him to have the jealousy, envy, is a terrible sign that is the weakness of human being. This human being, remember, is very ungrateful to Almighty Allah. And the best testimony, the more wealth people get normally, the more arrogant and proud they become. Then what happens? We become ungrateful to Allah. And what is the reason and the cause? This human being is intensely and madly in love with that wealth of his. So the more love we have for wealth, the more ungrateful, unthankful we are to Almighty Allah. Surah 100, chapter 100, verses 6, 7, and 8. Allah Ta'ala is showing us that. So therefore, sister, you should know, don't let him go and impose upon you and coerce you to do that, to do that. He can't impose upon you. And you must just invest it. I told you gold is the best investment. And then you must pay zakat on it and you'll get your returns and so forth. So can you give zakat to children, make a condition to the parent that it's for a child who's done? Remember that you can't give children the zakat to children unless the parents themselves are very, very poor. So you will give it to the parent, but the parent will be the wakil, the representative. The children are too small, one year old, two year old, three, four, five years old. So you'll tell them that this thousand rand, five hundred rand, ten thousand rand, whatever, <laughs> is for the child. So you must remember this type of things. So you must give it to them and tell them that they must buy things that they need for the child with this money and so forth. You can't make conditions. So this is not a condition. This is you just explaining to the person that it is not for him or her, the father or the mother, it is for the child. So it's not a condition, it is just more an explanation. And in a case like that, they mustn't spend it on themselves, they must spend it on the welfare of the child. So the orphan or whatever it is, so then it will be permissible. Somebody says, Ustad, that uh, is it permissible for the husband to stop fulfilling the conjugal rights of the wife? He feels it is his right that the wife must be the only one to fulfill his right. Ustad. Obviously, there is foolishness that you must remember that. So you are the man, you are the Amir, and so forth. So you must fulfill her rights. You tell her for three months, no, you are not going to fulfill her rights because you're not in the mood, or you're half past six, or you're going fishing or something. So who's guilty? You're guilty, obviously. So you must remember that that's a foolish thing for the husband to say, and not permissible it is. Then the wife must seduce him. You must remember that, and that is how then he will fulfill her rights and so forth. When should fitra be paid, Ustad? And if one does not have money to pay, what should be done, Ustad? You must pay now. So this week he has started paying it. 
فرض رسول الله صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم زکات الفطری پیز صدقت الفطر زکات الفطر both terms are used in the hadith and tuhrat al-lisaim min al-laghwi wa bafat it's a means of purification for the fasting person from the wrong we did we saw wrong things we heard wrong things all that there so then Nabi Islam went on and said and what masakin it will have the poor Muslims so they can prepare for eat they also want nice meal nice clothing all that فَمَنْ أَدَّاهَا قَبْلَ salat. You pay it before Eid day, before Eid Salat and all that. فَهِيَا زَكَاتٌ maqbula. Then it is accepted by Almighty Allah. وَمَنْ أَدَّاهَا بَعْدَ salat. You go pay it after Eid Salat. فَهِيَا صَدَقَةٌ مِنَ الصَّدَقَاتِ Remember it will be valid, but the reward will be much, much less. Authentic hadith in Abu Dawood. So therefore... Pay now, pay now. For fitra, you pay 35 rand per person. Pay 35 rand for you. Pay 35 rand for your wife, your honey. But before paying, inform her, Oh, honey, I'm paying your money for sadaqatul fitr. Then your minor children, two, three, four, five, seven, eight years old. So you must pay for them. So like that, you pay 350 rand, 200 rand, 300 rand, whatever the amount is. And give it to poor, poor Muslims without any condition. So that is called fitrah. And fidya is, as I explained to you, those people who cannot fast at all. From now right till their death, you must remember they can't fast. Or you must remember the person is so old and all that. You know, yesterday we got that news that Fatima Padia passed away, Rahimahallah, Allah granted Jannatul Firdaus. She was 76 years old. And remember the pe- children were giving her Zamzan, she said, no. The Maruto Rosa that I got Rosa and I'm fasting. So she passed away in the state of fasting during Ramadan. So what great reward. And you know, my sister was telling me that she, this lady Marhuma, she cut all their grandchildren's hair. She used to do that, you know, small, small children. She knew how to cut their hair and everything. So she had great, great qualities, you know, making khidmat and helping people and all that. And you do this just out of shock and desire not to make money or something and so forth. So remember, so Allah Ta'ala grant her and all our marhumin, Jannatul Firdaus al-A'la, and we should always give charity and so forth on their behalf as well. One more question, Ustad. It says that uh, I am currently practicing a practicing attorney and I have the following concerns which I would appreciate if you would advise me on. Am I allowed to draw an un-Islamic will for a non-Muslim client, Ustad? Not permissible. Even if he's non-Muslim, you must tell him the Quran Sharif states, Surah 5, verse number 2. وَلَا تَعَوَنُوا عَلَى That you must not cooperate in sin and transgression. So you must tell him this is how we will make the world Islamically. A way that you, a good one for you, wakil sap, a good one for you, advocate, attorney sap, is this. Let me just give you one example to make it easy for you, to illustrate the point via an example. Does Tom, Dick, and Harry, Tom, Dick, and Mary come to you, non-Muslim? They say, Wakil, advocate, attorney, draw up this world. So you must tell them, you know what? The best way to do it is, so the husband, you got a wife, you got three sons and one daughter. So these are the family members. So what will be the share Islamically? The share Islamically easy, the wife, 12.5%. The three sons, 25, 25, 25%, and then that this thing, the daughter, 12.5%. So the wife and daughter, 12.5, 12.5 in this example, and the three sons, 25, 25, 25, so there you got your 100%. So that is what you should explain to him. And he says, no, I don't want it like that, and so forth and so on. So you can tell him, okay. Go and make mashura. Go and discuss the issue with your children or you make the world like that. That you say that all the children will get equal shares. Why? Because they are sane, they are mature, and they will all come to an amicable agreement and so forth. We call that mimbabi sulh. We call that they're making sulah. They're reconciling with one another. So after the death of the person, if they all agree like that, so that's fine, even in Muslims. So remember that that is an option you can use. 
but deliberately to go and make a world against the Islamic law, even for a non-Muslim, would not be permissible and your income would become tainted as well. Well, it's uh, 22 minutes to 12. We're going to go for an interval. When we come back, inshallah, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's uh, 20 minutes uh, to 12. You are tuning in, listening to the bliss of marriage. Somebody asked Ustad if I loaned, if I loaned someone money a few years and have been paying zakat on it every year. Now it appears that I won't be repaid. What about the zakat now, Ustad? So you must remember, it's good you paid the zakat. If that person doesn't pay you, so all the zakat you paid for the past three years, four years, five years, in life, from the time zakat became compulsory upon you, many a time we make mistakes and so forth and so on. So this, what you paid, will compensate for all the mistakes that you made in the past. And if you didn't make mistake, so then it will be considered as a voluntary charity. So you should not have any regret. Read now the dua with me. Read with me now. Allahumma j'alha maghnama mim ghain maghnama. Allahumma j'alha maghnama wa la taj'alha maghrama. Ya Allah, make it a benefit for me, a gain for me, and do not make it a loss for me, Ya Allah. Wonderful, beautiful hadith mentioned in Ibn Majah. Now let me explain to you how it works. You gave me a loan of 100,000, 50,000, 10,000. So I didn't pay you for three, four, five years. So when I paid you after four years, so you have to pay 10% zakat. Why? Every year, four years, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half percent. So it's 10%. So it's 100,000. So you will have to pay 10,000 rand zakat. You understood that? So that's first scenario. Second scenario, you gave a person loan 100,000 and he or she did not pay it to you. So there's no zakat on bad debts. When people don't pay you, so there's no zakat because you didn't get that money back. Third one, when you speak of loans and all that, the person who's forwarding the loan, I'm giving the loan to Suleiman Esop. I'm giving the loan to Moana Arafat. So zakat is not on them for that amount. Zakat is on me. Always remember that. Next scenario, that you are paying me monthly or, or every year or three months or six months, then the amount I received, there will be zakat on it, 2.5%. And remember that after my expenses. Another issue, our people always, every year, they're asking, and this year also so many people, my zakat is due on the 27th night, example I'm giving. So I said, I want to pay it on 27th night, Laylatul Qadr and so forth. I'll get more reward and all that. I'll just give an example. So today, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, I inherited 100,000 or somebody gave me a gift of 50,000 or what. So all that money will be included in my calculation of zakat, although only one, two, three, four, five days passed and so forth. <coughs> so it don't mean you must wait for a year for everything. Waiting for a year is for the threshold. The threshold now is 8,000, some places 9,000, but we say 8,000. So in a case like that, what will happen will be that after that, whatever comes in, provided that is halal, then remember zakat will be compulsory upon you. So Ustad, if one is fasting and one has an asthma attack, is it permissible to normalize it to start? Remember all these asthma pumps and nasal pumps and all that, all that will break the fast. Remember the law and usul and principle. Any food, medication, whatever goes through the mouth, goes through the nasal, the nostrils and then the nose, or through the back passage, that it will break the fast for male and female. And remember for the females only, anything they do and they insert inside the private and so forth, today, tomorrow they go for an internal checkup, remember the fast is broken. Therefore, we tell you ladies, whilst you fasting, 
to insert a tampon and so forth will break the fast as well. Night time you must do all that. Sehri time, suhoor time you can do all that. So you need to be clear on these issues. But remember, like eye drops and all that, it won't break the fast, remember. I see there's a, a anonymous says Ustad, that my husband is very, very pious and humble man. He's very simple and even though we we can afford, he refused to buy clothes for himself. He had only two kurtas and they are so old and are discolored and one out. I feel embarrassed to walk with him, Mufti Sab. People think that he is a beggar. He is so pious, even his underwear is holy Ustad. So you must <laughs> remember that so you must tell him that is na shukri. You must remember that that is na shukri. That when Allah Ta'ala gave him, then he must use it and so forth. So now Eid is coming, he must go and buy nice outfit, all these kind of things and so forth. So that is to make shukr to all, Mighty Allah. You see, that sometimes people want to get the wrong end of the miswak. So I'm giving you one, two incidents, so you must understand this type of things here. Number one, Imam Malik, rahimahullah, every day, every second day, he used to buy a new kurta. He was very well-to-do, very, very rich. So, and then he used to come to Masjid Nabawi, right next to the Master, alayhi salam, he would teach Hadith Sharif, Muatta Malik, and so forth. So, the work that he wrote and other works and so so then the old kurta, old meaning, it was only worn once or twice or thrice. He's giving Imam Shafi, give Imam Muhammad bin Hazan Shaybani, he gave Rabia to Rai and all of them. You must remember that. Rabia to Rai is his teacher, but so he give other people, you must remember like that. You see. So people ask him, Malik, that why you do all this? So he says, Ta'zimanli as hadith in Nabi Sallallahu Sallam to show respect to the hadith of Nabi Wasallam. So like that, you find many, many examples you must remember. So Islam does not say that you must carry on like a beggar when Allah Ta'ala gave you this. Allah Ta'ala loves it to see the bounties that He gave a servant on that servant also. So therefore, see Sufyan Sawri Rahimahullah, what He said. See Im Sufyan Sawri what he said. He said that Ya Allah that you must give us nice clothes, nice car, nice I'm just using car, that there was horse and camel and what. So Ya Allah give us nice house, nice car, nice food, nice drink, nice this, nice that, provided is halal. But Allahumma ali dunya fi aidina. Ya Allah keep the dunya and all the glitter glamour in our hands. And don't place it in our hearts, Ya Allah. So you must remember that. The heart must be for Mustafa, Almighty Allah, for Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for Deenul Islam. But sometimes in life, our people want to be more Catholic than the Pope, as they say in English. So they want to become so pious, you understand, more pious than the Uliyaullah and so forth. So Islam doesn't teach that, my brother. They use the bounties that Allah Ta'ala gave you. So my advice for you, doctor, engineer, pilot, lawyer, whatever you are, that you're a well-to-do guy and you're very pious, mashallah. You belong to the Khanka, you belong to the Tablik Jamaat or whatever it is. So you see now, you go for nice shopping, buy one nice kurta, buy one nice tupi, nice izar for you, and nice underwear, all these type of things. Then you must tell your poppy, your wife, oh darling, oh sweetie, come, I take you also. And then you buy for her also. Allah gave you what you're going to do with all that money and so forth. So if you're not using for yourself. So that is what Islam teaches us. Not that we carry on like beggars and so forth. That's very, very bad, brother. So remember this. We must, uh, the main thing is we must abstain from is... Israf, that we mustn't go and waste. Go buy one one dress. I know women and that and men also. They go buy five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, one one outfit, you understand?
but the intention is pride and arrogance. So one is Israf, wasting, and second one is Khuyala. They do all that just to show that we are somebody, we are Mr. Somebody, you see. So the watch they got will be four or five. You see, this Minister of Electricity, they say the watch he wears is four million rand. You understand? Yeah. But you see, every day you got load shedding. So that, so that watch doesn't help us in any way, you see. So the point I'm making, that there must not be israf, wasting, and there mustn't be pride, then that is Islam, remember that. Allah Akbar, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Somebody says, Ustad, that uh, advice, please advise as to what we should read in the last 10 days and what the best actions are, Ustad. Remember this, I'll mention three ahadiths for you, and then you will understand. In Sahih Muslim, it is mentioned, Inna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yajtahidu fil ashril awakhir, ma la yajtahidu fi ghayrihi. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last ten nights, he increased everything that's good compared to the first 20 days. So you're reading Quran, so read more Quran. You're giving charity, so give out more charity. You're making zikr, durood sharif, salawat, istighfar, so increase that. What is the best of the best? Stay away from all haram. Your TV, your cell phone, all these things, you know all the haram things you're going to watch there. So rather you leave all those things out and remember you become the pious person. That's one. Second hadith mentioned in Mishkat, Mustad Ahmad, Ibn Majah, various compilations. That when the last ten days used to come and enter, he, Habibuna, would do three things. Fasten the izar, meaning not go to the wives. No daytime, no nighttime. Daytime is fasting, nighttime is etikaf also. So therefore, you can't go to your wife, no daytime, no nighttime. And wa the majority portion of the night, Nabi Alayhi Salaam would stay awake, crying, begging Almighty Allah for Hidayat and so forth. And the third one was, you must remember, that the father is awake, he must wake up the children, wake up the spouse, the wife. The wife is awake, then wake up your husband, wake up the children. We must create the environment in the house. Remember this type of thing. Two. Third one, Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Mani takafa ashran fi Ramadan, kana ka hajjataini wa umratain. You in South Africa, now you don't have debts, everything is freehold and so forth. You don't know how many more Ramadans you'll experience, you still got time, South Africa, Mauritius, India, like that. So tonight is your 21st night, so go sit for etikaf, sunnat etikaf. You will receive the reward of two hajj and two umrah. The hadith is mentioned in Bayhaqi, in Targheeb wa Targheeb. So therefore, these are the good deeds we can do. But end of the day, that we must know the purpose of etikaf is to search and experience Laylatul Qadr. You see, Imam Shafi'i, we asked him. Obviously, we didn't meet Imam Shafi'i, but we read the books. So when we ask Imam Shafi what you say, he says that Laylatul Qadr is 21st night, 23rd night. We go ask the Sahaba, the beloved companions, of Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Amir Muawiyah radiallahu anh, Ubay bin Kaab radiallahu anh, they all say 27 night, you see. So therefore, everybody tells you according to their own experience. Imam Shafi, in his life, he experienced it on the 21st night, then 23rd night. Sahaba experienced it 27th night. So there's no argument, but from a Hadith point of view, Sahaba point of view, we can say this, that most probably it is the 27th night. And remember, I told you the lesson of Tafsir, Surah Qadr, chapter number 97. Count the letters, 114. Count the words, 30. And what day is telling you? Salamun hiya hatta matla il-fajr. That word hiya refers to Laylatul Qadr. 
is the 27th word. Remember that in the Noble Quran in that surah. So from there also ulama deduce that inshallah with the grace and mercy of Allah Laylatul Qadr is the 27th night. Then you read Allahumma inna kafoon tuhibbul afwa fa'afanna Ya Allah you are of forgiving. You love to forgive. So forgive us O beloved Allah. So that is our message to one and all. <laughs> Somebody says, Ustad, will I still be the boss of my kids, of my children, when they marry? Isn't they must listen to me instead of their wives, Ustad? So you must remember that they must listen to you in things that are permissible. Not you go and tell them things that are not permissible, or you go and cause problems there between your son and your daughter-in-law. So all that is haram and so forth. So you must remember that it doesn't mean you tell them bring 10,000 and they must give you 10,000. There's not a meaning there. So remember they must spend on their wives, they must spend on their children, all that, and spend on you, the father, mother, parents, if you are really deserving. If you are not really deserving, then once in a while they can spend on you. Once in three months, six months is sufficient. But for us to go and demand money from them, demand jewelry, we want jewelry now, we want this, we want that, remember that is not permissible because you must remember you can't impose it upon them, you can't make it a co you can't be coercing them. La yahillu malu muslimin illa minhu. People must give it wholeheartedly and not reluctantly. So that is our message. One listener says, but my daughter-in-law, she don't fast, Muftisab. Is she harami for my son? So you must remember that. So who's to blame? I'm asking you. When your son went to propose to her, then he only looked at the Jamal. How white she is. And you must remember how much Jamal, her beauty, and mal, how much wealth she got. So he never bothered about her taqwa, her piety, her character, nothing. Now three years, five years, ten years down the line, you're going to come and tell me my daughter is not fasting and so forth. So what she's doing is haram. But what your son is doing also haram. That why did he choose, you must remember, such a wife that is not interested or very lazy to practice on Islam and so mm-hmm. forth. So you must understand. Don't look at things just selectively. You must look at things holistically and so forth. At what age can my daughter get married to start? She wants to get married. She's only 16 years old to start. Very good. Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha married in this month, the month of Ramadan. And it was the second year of the Hijrah. And it was after the Battle of Badr. So it was like this, that in the last 10 days. So remember, if you want a reference of this, then go open Musannaf Abdul Razak. You will find it there. First he speaks of Battle of Badr. Then he speaks of Tazweej and Nikahu Fatima radiallahu anha. What was Sayyida Fatima? Sayyida to Nisaya Lil Jannah, the leader of the women in Jannah. What was her age? Her age was 15 years, 5 months. So your daughter wants to get married. You should be happy that she wants to get married early. They don't fall in vices, fornication, boyfriend, girlfriend, all these issues. And inshallah, you will become grandparents early also. So inshallah, you must give your blessings, remember that. And keep on reading Surah 25, verse 74. رَبَّنَا حَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ عَيُنَ Ya Allah, that you make a grant us, remember from your side, the special spouses and the special children. And Ya Allah, make it the coolness of the eyes. So that is what you should be doing, remember that. Allah, Jalla Wala, accept it and make it easy for all of us. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.